welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. We live in a world where, to varying degrees, everyone is connected by technology. I heard a statement recently that was, every business is now a technology business. And I believe that that statement is true. The hub of technology in the salon industry is the salon website and social media platforms. And all things tend to reach out from that. So having an effective website and online marketing strategy that incorporates social media is essential if you want to be in business today. When I had my salons, my frustration was finding a website designer who didn't just make something look good, but also made it work from a technology point of view, and most of all, from a marketing point of view, because those three things are three very different skills. My guest on today's podcast is Phil Evans, founder of Salon Guru, a website design and digital marketing company with a global client base. In today's podcast, we'll discuss website design, digital marketing, social media, search engine optimization, and lots more. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Phil Evans. Hi, Anthony. Good to be here. And I've got some notes ready. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing some insights with you. Fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to having you on the show. You're really the first one that we've had uh, on the show so far with this particular skill set. So I know there'll be a lot of people that are be interested in what it is that you've got to say. So uh, let's start with a, with a little bit of an overview. Who is uh, Phil Evans and what exactly is Salon Guru and what do you do? So, you know, just give us your sort of two or three minute backstory, Phil. Okay. Um, I started working in the computer industry back in the early 70s. So you can, you can get an idea of my age from that. I was, and I loved it. I loved the computer industry. I loved coding. Uh, and this was the days when computers were the size of a car and had to be kept in an, an air-conditioned room. So I loved the whole technology, computers, coding. And I did that for many years. And from there, I moved into sales because, again, I loved talking to people and fix, sorting problems, understanding the business problems and coming up with solutions. So that's how my personal life developed over the first couple of decades of my you know, career. Then I got asked, when the internet first appeared, I started playing around with it. It was technology and I liked playing with computers and I helped develop small websites for small businesses, some of the very first ones in the UK. And again, loved it. It was problem solving and it was technology. And then I got asked by a salon local to myself, would I build them a website? Or they thought they needed a website. So I spent several months building a website for this salon in Liverpool um, in the UK. From that, I then got a call for a second salon. This one happened to be in South Carolina. They'd seen the website I'd done for the salon in Liverpool. And from then it just snowballed. You know, here I am 15 years later, 200 plus salons all across the English speaking world, Australia, UK, all across the US, the Ireland. So we become, you know, our, our business is only salons. We don't do this for anybody else, any other industry. We are experts in websites initially, and we'll talk about other things that come from that. Websites for hair salons, beauty salons, aesthetics, spas, 
you know, all kind of anybody in the salon industry um, websites. Now, I'll let you ask the question because I tend to talk too much. Okay, no, not at all. That, that's a, a good intro uh, to give us a broad understanding of what you do. So you're very much a, a, a global business now, and uh, you've built an excess of 200 websites for salons that are up and running at the moment. Um, you've obviously looked at tens of thousands of websites over the years. So I want to ask you this question. From a salon perspective, what are the biggest mistakes that you see that salons make with their website design, you know, functionality? What are the, what are the biggest mistakes that you see again and again and again? The, the first thing I always talk to when I talk to a new potential client is getting them to understand what a website can do. Because often there's that, there's that misconception or misunderstanding, what a website can do. Because you, once you realize what it can do, then that's how you draw your plan of what you want to achieve with the website. Many salon owners see the salon too simplistically. They think it's a, a, a shop window and that's all. It's a place to get you know, opening times, possibly some prices, a little bit of information. It's just a shop window. Whereas it should be, it should be one of the most important tools for generating income for your salon. If it isn't, it's not working properly. Because a website is the best way to bring new clients and to encourage clients to visit more often. So that's the first thing I will often explain to a salon owner. Understand the potential of a website, and then you'll you'll work with your website designer. It's not just about the design in terms of the look and feel. It's the design in terms of what it can do. And so I spend a lot of time with potential new clients explaining all of the all the different tools and features that a great website will give them. Okay. I, I can always, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking back to a time where I was asked to judge with, you know, another half a dozen people, um, a website design um, uh, award for hairdressing industry. And um, there was a group of about half a dozen of us that were judges, and we weren't all from the industry. One of them was uh, from IT. Two of them were girls out of the office who were meant to be, um, you know, just your average consumer. And then, you know, another two or three of us were hairdressers. And basically, we had to look at these salon websites and, you know, pass judgment on them and decide which one was the best. And it was a very interesting learning for me because the, you know, I looked at them and the ones that I picked – I was typical hairdresser. I picked the ones that looked the best. Um, there was a guy who uh, I can't remember who he was now, but he was the, the the sort of the techie guy, the website builder. He picked completely different ones to me, and then most importantly, the two girls that were you know just two office girls um, who were looking at the website from the consumer's point of view. Again, they picked different ones, and when we did this sort of drill down as to well, why did you pick those? They pointed out that the one that I picked as my number one, they couldn't find the phone number on their home page. They couldn't find the address. You know, it was interesting how as salon owners, we get totally obsessed as hairdressers do with what things look like. But sometimes we forget about the most simple functionality that the consumer needs when they go to our website. What is the first thing they're looking for? And often it is what's their phone number or what's their opening hours or what's their price list. And, you know, salons often get, you know, hung up on getting their gallery of their, their favorite pictures up there, et cetera, which although that's an important part of it, it's not the number one thing from the client's perspective. 
No, in some ways, I wish I wish the word design was not included in the title because salon website design makes it feel like it's all about the look and feel, and it's not. It's, it's salon website is a tool, so it's 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 all about its functionality and particularly the numbers behind that. When I review a website that perhaps a client's been with us twelve months, and I'll be having a conversation with them about how it's gone, the very first thing we talk about numbers because that's that's all that really matters. You know, they're not interested in, is this a better red or is this a better blue or are those pictures better than those pictures? No, the most important thing is the numbers. Is your website busier? Is it attracting a lot more people to the website? Are those people spending more time and doing the things we want them to do? And obviously, the most important thing is, is it giving you more clients? Yeah. Because that's what a website's about. It's, otherwise, it's an, it's an ego trip. You know, if it's if it's all about you, I mean, I, I've looked at some salon websites and it feels like it's it's all about the person. You know, yeah. and it's you know, we've won these awards and we do these photo shoots and we do these catwalks. Most clients are not interested in that. Yeah. They they want to see a very different story. So it's all about for me. It's all about the numbers. Okay, uh, so. So, so, so if you were to have to come up with a list of, of five things like that a website should do, what would your, and I know you'd have a lot more than five, but, but what would your top five things be that you'd say your website must do this or have this functionality? Earn money. That would be right at the top of my list. Okay. Um, and earn money is the, is the, if you like, is the goal of the website. And then there are things that you have to do for it to do that. So earn money was the top of my list. Be seen. Be seen means when people type in best salon Covent Garden or Balayage Prices Edinburgh or hair extensions Tampa. If you're not seen, if you're not coming up at the top of search engines, and I mean really number one or number two, then your website's not going to work properly because you need to as many people as possible to come to your website. So earn money, be seen. And the third one was get traffic. So by being at the top of the search engines, you're going to bring a lot more people to your website and then tell them the story. So that was my fourth thing. Tell the story, tell the story really well. But, you know, 10 years ago, when I first started doing websites, we would fill the website full of pictures from whatever color supplier that salon used. So it could be Redkin or Goldwell or Matrix or whatever. That, the website would be full of those pictures, you know, yeah. photo shoots, models. Now it's now we try and encourage all the salons to fill the website full of Instagram images of their clients because that tells the story. So your website, it, now it's getting all this extra traffic because you're at the top of search engine, gives you the ability to tell the true story. This is our salon. These are our clients. This, are, this is our team. That's how the biggest, probably the biggest change in websites over the last five years is that they now look very social. They should be full of client images and short videos and, and you know, more relaxed than they were perhaps 10 years ago. Okay, that's interesting. So when you talk about, you know, earn money and be seen, um, and you dropped in, you know, SEO, um, yeah. so, so, so search engine optimization, because sometimes you hear people saying today, and I know that it's getting a little bit techy for some of our audience, but um, search engine optimization means being seen, doesn't it? It means yes. you yeah. want to make sure that when people type in hair extensions, Tampa, or, you know, Balayage Edinburgh, to use your examples, uh, yeah. that, that you, you're the first or second 
second one that's right up there because if you're not, then you're not seen, um, then, you know, people aren't going to be coming to you. They're going to be going to whoever is in the first you know, one, two, three uh, exactly. places before they come to you, yeah? Exactly. So it is it is the most important thing. And, and 10 years ago, SEO was all about meta tags and titles, and it isn't anymore. Google's got much cleverer at understanding why a website should be at the top. When you type something into Google, like balayage prices, Google wants to give you the best answer, the best website. So it's got cleverer understanding what that will be and it measures things like how long do people normally spend on that website because if they don't spend very long it probably isn't very good so it looks at many factors to judge whether a website should be at the top of google but the most important thing is content in other words does the website seem to have all the answers so if, if it was a question about balayage prices and in Edinburgh, I would hope that our client Shane's would come up number one in Edinburgh because they'll have a page all about balayage. It'll talk about what is balayage, how balayage is different to baby lights, the price of, of balayage or the different prices, uh, aftercare for balayage, a balayage gallery. So that kind of a lot of information, which is great for the clients, will also impress Google, which is what gets to the top of the search engines. So you, you've kind of got a virtuous circuit in that you're pleasing everybody. You're pleasing Google with lots of information. You're pleasing your clients with lots of information. And you've got a good-looking website with lots of pictures and lots of information. Okay. Um, I was asked recently, why do salons today even need a website? Why can't they just rely on social media? How would you answer that question? Because I think most people, when they want something, when they specifically are looking for that thing, will, will go straight to a search engine and type it in, balayage prices, because they want something local. You know, they're not going to travel 500 miles to get balayage or let's take another example, hair extensions, and they might type in hair extension fixing methods, or they might type in Remy hair extensions, Remy hair before and after. So there'll be a whole range of phrases that they're going to use to do their research. They won't just go on Instagram and choose any hair extension picture, because that could come from anywhere in the world. So a website gives you the ability to tell your story in a lot of detail. One way I've got of explaining it is a little bit like dating. If you, if, you're, if you walk into a room full of people in a party and they're all chattering away and there's lots of little snippets of conversation, that to me is like social media. Yeah. It's a little, it's chatter. It's, it's noise and it's chatter and it's pleasant and it's like being at a party and you're part of the noise when you say something. But if you seriously want to, if you're dating, you seriously want to get to know somebody, somebody you'd sit quietly and you'd have a conversation. Yeah, And that's what a website can do. You know, on social media, if you post a picture of balayage, it could get seen all around the world. But when somebody wants to actually book with you, they're probably going to come to your website, look at your prices, possibly look at your staff, look at your before and after pictures, look at your opening hours. Can they book online? So it, the, the website gives you the ability to have a proper conversation rather than just the chit chat that I think that social media is there for. Right. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't mean that there are, I mean, I, we'll come on to the uses of social media in a minute. You know, there's an enormously powerful way to use social media. The chit chat isn't, isn't it? That's be part of that, be part of the conversation, be part of the party where all this little conversation is going on. But the real power is when you come to use it for advertising. 
Right. Okay. Um, sh- should small salons, um, so a lot of the audience listening to this are uh, in America, um, and there's a really strong movement uh, in the US with the salon suite model, so the business unit of one. And and there is more of that in Australia and in the UK and Europe as yep. well. Um but so the question I'm asking you is: If you are a a business unit of one, if you are a small salon, you know, a salon suite operator, is a website still necessary? Yes and no. Depends on your level of ambition. Um, I had a client approach me from Denver. Uh, she was a chair renter at a salon in Denver, and she approached me. I think probably about six years ago, um, and she was she specialised in hair extensions. Top of the range, you know, she was, she was, she's very skilled. She's very well known at what she did. Uh, and she was renting a chair and she came to me. In fact, it was the husband that came to me and had the first conversation. They were ambitious. They wanted to do more. And I said, well, I've never done a website for chair renting before, but it'll work exactly the same way. Uh, and they really engaged with everything because if this conversation we're having today, I'm, I'm touching on some of the, the subjects. They really engage in, in all of the things I showed them that they could do. Six years later, they turn over more than a million dollars a year. She's got a full service salon with a team of staff. And that's because of what they did with their, I wouldn't call it just the website, their online marketing. So yeah. we did Google ads. We did Instagram competitions and Facebook advertising, emails. Everything we did over the next six years took her from being a chair renter to a million dollar business in Denver. The salon's called Glow, G-L-O, um, Glow Extensions in Denver. And they did all of their growth. And if you speak to them, they'll say this. All of their growth has been down to how they've marketed using the internet and their website being the kind of the, the, the cornerstone of that. Right. Okay. Um, I've been writing notes down as you've been talking. Um, you, you mentioned uh, online booking uh, a, a little bit back there. I wanted to ask you how important is that, you know, today in a you know good website design to have an on, online booking functionality? Vital. I think you know if you look at the salons that are that are doing well and ask them, you know, we've got a we've got a Facebook private Facebook group for our salon owners. It's one of the first things we did. So our, our salon owners can talk to each other and share ideas and suggestions. One of the things we often talk about is the effectiveness of online booking, ways it can be improved. Many of our salons in that group will, will say that up to about 60% of all their bookings now come through their online booking. Right. Which is great because it obviously eases pressure at the reception desk. Means the phone isn't ringing constantly. It just makes that communication with clients easier. So your website absolutely should have, you know, a a good online booking system. Right. Okay. Um, and the other thing I wrote down when you were talking before, uh, you were talking about the different uh, the reports that you get and how much you know Google wants to know. Um, how long a client is spending on that website or how long they're spending on a particular page. Um, you know, hairdressers aren't always very good at, at understanding and interpreting things like Google Analytics. But yeah. are you saying that if you design a website for somebody, that you will look at those reports with them and you'll show them what's working and what's not working and therefore tweak and adjust things to make them more effective? Is that the sort of general approach that you'd have? Yeah. I think the, the problem with the internet you know, as a broad subject now, it, it's just so complex. You know, there's Instagram and Facebook 
and this advertising on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and emailing to clients and online booking and websites and SEO. It's such a massive subject yeah. that no salon owner can be an expert in those things. It's impossible. It'd be very difficult to be an expert in any one of them. Yeah. But what I say to salonists, that's our job. It's our job to be the expert in those things. So when you pick up the phone and go, I want to sell gift vouchers online, we can say, great, we've done this 10 different ways. Here's some examples. Go and look at them. You can use third-party software like GiftUp. You can do them on your website using a, a, a shopping store. So our job is to be the marketing department, the tech department, the IT department for all of our salons. So when they've got that kind of question, they don't have to spend three days on Google. They can come to us and say, can you give me some insights, some answers into this? So that's, that's what we try and that's how it's changed over the last 10 years. Initially, we were a website company. We've now become kind of partners with our salons in internet advertising, internet promotions. So it's SEO and Facebook and Instagram. We've had to broaden beyond just the websites. Okay. Um, so, so someone comes to you and they say, you know, Phil, I'm, I'm wanting a website with a blank sheet of paper, so to speak. Um, is part of the conversation where you go through a bit of a checklist and say, well, these are all of the things that a website could do. You know, these are the could haves. And that would obviously be a very comprehensive list. Um, and so it's almost like a shopping list that then people go, well, I want this part. I want that part. I don't need this. I do need that. Or often it's going to be based on budget. Is, is that sort of how you'd work with people? I'd no, what I'd normally do is show them examples. You know, we've got 200 salons um, and all of them are on our website, clickable yeah. links through. Go and have a look at them because there are so many different kinds of salons. You know, you could be three stylists working in a very rural location, or you could be in Covent Garden in London with 30 stylists, or you could be a national chain, um, or you could be an aesthetic salon with more kind of more medical treatments. You could be a beauty salon. There are so many different kinds of salon. What okay. I would always start with is trying to find examples that you, you would understand because yeah. they're the same sector and they operate in a similar way to you. And yeah. then show you what the best clients we've got, what they do, what kind of advertising, what kind of promotions work well for them, what kind of Facebook and Instagram advertising will work in their sector. So there's no, there, is, there should not be one answer suits all. No salon is the same as the next salon. They're all very different and will need their own answer. So I, what we try and do is show them real life examples. Right. So from a, from a, a, a platform, if that's the correct uh, terminology here, you, you've, got, you've got 200 uh, websites up and running at the moment for different salon owners all around the world. Are you saying that they're, they're 200 different websites? It's not like there's a template and you've got five templates and you, you, you know, um, pigeonhole yeah. someone into one of those templates. It's, it no. is that or isn't that? No, we don't use templates at all. We always, I mean, you'll often find this commonality because yeah. if you're a hair salon, you're probably going to do hair smoothing, uh, possibly extensions, balayage, hair color, hair color correction, wedding and bridal. Uh, so often the content of the website has to be around the same ideas. Yeah. You know, if you look at any of our websites, you'll sit and look at their menus. There's a lot of content. You know, if a client is not with Salon, if a salon is not with Salon Guru, they'll often have a very simple website. It'll have opening hours, possibly prices, an about us section, probably not much more. Their price list is probably the only place where it describes what they do. Yeah. Our clients 
will have a page in detail about if they do hair smoothing, it'll talk about what they use, what products, how long it lasts, how much it costs, what the advantages are, how it can be used for frizz, how it works on different hair types. Uh, if they do wedding and bridal, it'll have lots of pictures and examples. And do they do visits to the home or visits to hotels? So it's information. Our websites are full of information because that's what gets you to the top of Google. That's what gets you lots of traffic. And also the clients like it. And it's not just balayage on your price list with a price against it. It's yeah. a fully detailed page all about balayage. Right. And you, you just dropped in there, Google likes it. So yeah. having all those words in there, Google likes that. And that's part yes. of SEO is having yes. descriptive terminology in there. Yeah. So, yes. that you're, yes. so that you're seen and therefore yeah. you make Google, money. Google yeah. loves good content. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, another thing I want to ask you about was with, with a website, should salon owners, I know I don't have salons anymore, as you know, but I can remember when I had my salons, I'd want to change something on my website. It could be as simple as I want to change a price or, you know, I want to change a picture or something. And I could never do it. I, I always had to wait for the company that put the website together for me to do it. Should people, should salon owners be able to do that? Are, is your, uh, are your platforms um, able for people to get in there and change images or prices, et cetera, yes. themselves or not? They are? Okay. Absolutely. You know, we use a system called WordPress. It's yeah. the most widely used system in the world for designing and building websites that are easy for the, for the client, the salon yeah. owner, to go in and make changes themselves. However, probably 80% of our salons don't because they're so busy. Yeah. You know, our, my aim is to make the salon so busy, they don't have time for this. They pick up the phone or drop us a quick email. I've just had an email two minutes before I spoke to you from a client that said, I'd like to put some more gift vouchers on my website. Um, I want different levels for different levels of members of staff, so different pricing. Uh, can I do it myself? Yes, of course you can. We'll call you or we'll do it for you. Whichever you choose is the best option. So we'll show her how to do it or we'll do it for her, whatever's the easiest option for her. Right. Okay. Um, I've certainly got a nice little checklist of questions there that I'm going through. Some of these, some of these things are things I've always wanted to know the answer to myself. But, but I am personally... One thing I quite like to talk about is well, we, some of the awards we've won and why we've won them. Um, we, we won the Best Salon Marketing Campaign yeah. uh, last year at the British Hairdressing Business Awards. And you, you talked about when you judged a, a salon website design competition. Yeah, we went in for this marketing award and I and I, I would love to have seen the other entries. I'm sure some of the other entries would have had amazing and very expensive photo shoots and adverts, you know, because that's marketing to some salons is about spending money. <laughs> ours, ours was all about numbers and it was a campaign we'd run for salons in Liverpool over a 12-month period to give them new clients. And our entry for this award was really thick and it was full of numbers how many people had seen the advert how many people had clicked the advert how many vouchers were downloaded mm. the average spend of those clients in the salon how many of them returned for a second visit mm. so to me that's real marketing yeah. that is i'm going to spend a pound and i know i'm going to get two pounds back yeah you know, if you can do that then you're, you're in a win-win situation because you know where your investment should go and why. And, and that's why we won. You know, it was a, a very detailed report 
on what we think was an amazing marketing campaign, a campaign that we've since run for many other salons because it's the same It's the same issue. We're mm. trying to bring people through the door without spending a ridiculous amount of money, but know that the campaign is working. Know, you know from day to day how many people are coming in because of that pound I've just spent. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, You know, we're recording this uh, at the very end of April, uh, and this will go live in the beginning of May. So, you know, we're all in uh, shutdown all over the world. I mean, I'm in the UK. I know that you're in Spain um, and our audience, uh, you know, scattered all around the world. But but one of the things that's obvious uh, during the shutdown is that salons have found it very difficult, if not near impossible, to make money when they're closed. And some of them are doing things like, you know, uh, uh, curbside pickup for retail because they have an e-commerce platform on their website, um, for example. And so that's what I want to ask you about. I, I mean, over the years, I um, often get asked about the value in having an e-commerce component to your website where you sell retail from. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? And, you know, do you see them being effective do salons make money out of it because i see salons that have got it but i don't really see that many that are doing that well financially out of it so uh, give us your thoughts on that but the problem with with most online stores is that the, the salon thinks that perhaps by putting a shampoo or conditioner on the website there's a chance that they will sell some and make some money no you won't you know it's highly unlikely you're competing with some really big names who are going to sell it cheaper than you and have you know spent a lot of money on their websites. However, it, what you should do is look at the opportunity that an online store, what, what, it, what it could do for you. I've got two examples. You know, we, during the current crisis, salons were trying to raise money and they're saying, how are we going to bring some more money in? So we came up with this idea of priority booking vouchers. Mm-hmm. So that when when a date is, is known, and hopefully that's not too far from now, when you know you're going to be reopening, the next problem you're going to face, you're going to have too many clients. You're going to have an awful lot of people that all want to come in at once. So we came up with this idea of using in the online store to sell vouchers that would be giving priority access on those first few days and weeks when the salon was open. Now, we launched several of these last week. I just checked before I came on this call. One of the salons had sold... £10,000 worth in less than a week, which is what, about $13,000 in less than a week. That's a single location salon. Priority booking vouchers. There's no discount. Uh, This is people just buying a voucher to put themselves at the front of the queue when the salon reopens. The salon will then be calling all all those people first to say, you've got a voucher. You know, basically it's a deposit. So that's a way that a that a, an online store can be used really well to generate income, to keep in touch with clients. But selling bottles of shampoo, no. This is all about generating income for the salon. Okay, interesting. Well, we, we, you've just touched on this you know, c- coronavirus world that we're now living in. What are some of the things that you've got your salons doing um, in terms of their websites, because, you know, I was told, okay, you've got to shut. We're all on lockdown now. Um, what, are there any specific things that you've advised salon owners to do or that you've done for them on their websites as a, as a marketing thing, aside from what you've just said, as, yeah. a, as a marketing thing, as a sort of a, a, an information portal to communicate to their clients what's happening? Within probably a day, I think every single one of our salons had got a banner flash across the homepage 
saying that they were closed and the reasons, and like a, a personal message. Um, yeah. So that was the very, very first thing we did. We've been updating those every single week, talking to the salons, suggesting forms of words, things they might want to say. So their web page has got a kind of constantly updating message about the current situation. But for most of our salons as well, we've we've been creating what we call the, the coronavirus hub or the information hub. I was looking at one this morning that we did for a salon in Scotland, and it's full of stories about products you can use at home, hair care at home, removing your nails at home, hair extension care. So little stories about being in lockdown or being stuck at home, what you can do as a client. So it's kind of helping the salon keep in communication with their clients and keep the loyalty and keep the conversation flowing. So we've been writing these stories for all of our client salons and then also sending out emails to their clients. So we, we probably send 100,000 emails a week right. on behalf of our salons talking about, you know, you're stuck at home, you're in lockdown. Here's some ideas how you can, you know, you've got your roots showing, how you can style your hair to look a little different. Ideas for keeping people busy at home. So I think that's been one of the things about the, the lockdown is trying to use the website to have a different kind of conversation with the clients. Yeah. To keep okay. them, you know, keep you in their thoughts. Okay. Um, how, how often uh, should a, a website need rebuilding? I mean, I know, um, you know, I've invested, you know, vast sums of money at different times uh, in building websites uh, or having them built for me. Some of them have been a, a, a financial calamity, to put it mildly. Others yes. times it's been a lot more effective. Uh, but there's always that feeling as a salon owner when you've built this new website and you've written a checkout and you've paid the company, you've built it, that you've ticked that box, now that's done. And then you're sort of surprised <laughs> that's <the problem>. that, <laughs> that, that that's it's actually... Yeah, it's never done. So talk to us about that. How often should salons be um, rebuilding their website or isn't it ever rebuilt? Is it constantly it's exactly, something? It's, it's constant. Think, think of it more like, would you see your payment to your accountant being a one-off? That's done and dusted. No, it's not because your accountant should be, if you're using your accountant well, he should be an integral part of your team and your planning and your thinking and your daily weekly activity, whether it's your payroll or your forecasting or your profit and loss, your accountant is seen as central. So should your website and marketing company because it should be constantly developing. It will be doing, for our salons, we'll be doing constant seasonal. I mean, this is a weird year, obviously, but we'll yeah. be doing Mother's Day articles and Mother's Day promotions and Valentine's Day and Father's Day. And then we'll be doing spring trends, summer trends, Christmas, Christmas booking, Christmas party ideas, Christmas gift vouchers. It should be a constantly rolling, developing, changing story. Right. And if it's not, you will be doing it once every five years and getting it wrong every time. Yeah. Because if you're doing it all the time, it becomes central to what you talk about. In my best clients, they share with me a spreadsheet and we talk about everything once a week. I know their average bill, number of clients through the door, number of new clients through the door, what we spent on advertising, the, the, the income that's generated. Because I'm seen now as part of their team. They're yeah. planning the forward you know, forward direction of the business and your website and all the marketing around it is key to that. If you're not doing it weekly, you're not doing it properly. Right. So it's got to be this constantly living, yes. evolving yeah. thing. Yeah, we'll be talking, 
When are the students back? What date do they come back? When is Thresher's Fair? Do we need to change the homepage of the website? Should we do an email? Yeah. Should we do a Facebook advert targeted just at students? So if you're thinking ahead like that, your website isn't just this thing. It's actually, it's just a platform of communication and it's constantly changing. Got it. Okay. How do you see them evolving in the future? Like what, I mean, the website that you're describing of today is very different to the website. I mean, you said it yourself that you were doing 10 years ago. What what do you think websites will look like or be like? What sort of functions will they serve in five years time? I mean, already we're seeing a much, I think it used to be 10 years ago, you had a website and that was it online. If you, if you, if you were online at all, it would have been, you had a website. Now it's you've got a website and you've got Facebook and you've got Instagram and you might be doing Twitter and you might be doing text messages and email messages. So the use of the internet now has become all interconnected. And I think that's going to develop even more so. Your website will become, will look more social. I think there'll be a lot more. Many of our websites now have an instant chat feature so that the client visiting your website will see a little box in the corner where you can get an immediate answer to a question. Now, that can be a person or we're already using bots, you know, robots, bots to answer some of the basic questions that people will ask on our website, okay. prices, booking times. So I think that's how websites will develop over the next five years. They'll look more like social um, they look, they look more like social media, much more um, interactive, changing daily, but it'll still be your website because you can't do on Facebook the things you really can do on your website. You know, run really good promotions and yeah. tell a, a much more detailed story. Uh, you walk somebody through a process of what a color correction involves and what it costs and why it takes so long. That's what a website is great at, but you want to building the best of social media, the, the constant changing interactivity of it all, the be able to chat to somebody, call them back, do a video consultation, do a FaceTime. We're doing this already. Yeah. You know, this is some of our most forward-looking salons are doing this during the coronavirus crisis. They're doing video consultations using FaceTime. Yeah. So that's, that's how I think it will develop over the next few years, the, the blurring of lines between social media and websites. Okay, that's really interesting. And, and that's where, where I wanted to go with this discussion was, was to talk about that uh, social media sort of integration into the website. Uh, now, how, how important is it? Um, uh, talk to us about that, the, the integration of, you know, the, the, the website. I mean, obviously, people look at a website and they see on the bottom of it, there's, there's social links or not necessarily on the bottom, mostly social links to, to see what that, that salon's up to on social media in real time. Just talk to us about that and how important that is in terms of driving new business back into the salon. I think what what you if you think of a subject like like the coronavirus and where where we're all getting our news from, we're all getting our news from all sorts of places. We might catch 10 minutes of the news on television in the morning. We might see something on Facebook and we might click it. We might get an email from the bank that's talking about coronavirus. So we're getting this information coming at us in so many different ways. Now, when you're ready and you want to read about it, you'll go to a really good informed source. You might click on a link to the BBC or you might go to a really good newspaper. That's the same for your salon. You want to be everywhere. You want to be on their Instagram feed and on their, on Facebook feed. You want adverts. You want to be popping up on Google. You want to be sending out emails. 
because when they're ready to make the booking, you'll be first. You know, you'll be top of their their thinking, and you'll when they type in, you know, balayage prices Liverpool, and you and they click on your page and go to it, and that's all the information you need. Okay. So that's how it's. It isn't like social media separate. It's all connected together. You need to if you're going to do this right, you need to have all your plates spinning at the same time. But that's our job. You know, my job is to help salons understand this. Then we do it for them. It's like your accountant explaining why your profit and loss is important, but he doesn't actually sit down and go through all of his workings out with you. He yeah. gives you your accounts at the end of it. He does the number crunching. We do the number crunching. You know, we try and do the job for the salons, but also explain it so they understand why we're doing what we're doing, why this particular approach to advertising on Facebook will work. Okay. Um, I know that one of the salons, uh, I think it's the one that you alluded to before, um, that uh, you won awards for was Voodoo in Liverpool, yeah? Yeah. Uh, is that is that... I mean, as a, if someone, if I wanted to refer someone to say, go and have a look at this website that, that Phil's done for Voodoo Liverpool, would that be one that you'd say is your favourite website or would, do you not have a favourite out of your No, I don't have a favourite because I have to so different. I mean, Voodoo yeah. is a very student, very yeah. city centre, very kind of, very Liverpool. Um, yeah. So they're, they're quite loud and noisy and colourful and fun and studenty. Great. But they've also, they're always the first to say, what else can we do, Phil? So they've got, Membership schemes you can you can sign up for on their website a blow dry membership a color club so that you can pay for your whole year's color they do Klarna which is the spread your payments they were the first salon to do that so, so they're one of my salons that were always keen to try everything first yeah so they're a great place to go and have a look at just what can be done when you tie it all together you know their staff bios. Uh, which can often be really boring. You know, Fred' favourite pop group is Wham, and he likes the colour blue. Yeah. The Voodoo staff <laughs> bios automatically pull in their their uh, Instagram pictures for that particular staff member. Wow. So it's their work yeah. pulled into the website from Instagram automatically. Oh, it's very cool. And a little I, video. I, yeah. So it's it's tying them all together is when it works beautifully. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, seen, social haven't seen that, but I've often referred people to have a look at that website. Yeah. Um, but there's other, you know, we've got plenty. You know, we've got really some really great websites of all kinds. Shane's up in Edinburgh, Monaco yeah. Salon in Tampa. You know, yeah. they, when they started with me, they were a much smaller salon. They've been with us about eight years. Beautiful looking salons now. Uh, they're just opening a training academy. They're doing on, online training. is another big thing we're doing for a lot of different businesses. Um, so... You know, amongst our salons, there are all kinds. Yeah. I would suggest if, if somebody really wants to get their head around what can be done, spend half a day go on a tour of our websites. Right. You'll see okay. all sorts. All right. Um, in terms of marketing strategies on social media to get more clients in the door, what, what is the, the one thing that you've done for any salon that has been the most effective? Well, the, the, the award that we won last year was obviously the, the, the big gold standard, the best marketing campaign at the British Edison Business Awards. Yeah. And I was just looking at the, the numbers. That the full campaign is on our website because if you're going to do this and you're going to show somebody how it works, you've got to show it everything. And yeah. Voodoo were, were happy for me to share all the numbers. So it showed you exactly how much they spent, how much that cost per visit. And I'm looking now. They, it brought in 4,132 new clients in 
the previous 12 months. So a, a particular image campaign. or campaign that Voodoo campaign. did bought yeah, over 4,000 new clients. Yes. Right. Uh, and their okay. average bill was £76, which is okay. one of those $90. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we particularly focused on colour clients. Yeah. Now, 10 years ago, it was you, you, were, you wouldn't get many new clients coming in for colour. They'd yeah. probably come in first, but that's all changed. You know, yeah. Clients will come to you and they'll have never seen you before and they'll come in and they'll spend £200 on a balayage. So yeah. we focused this campaign on colour clients um, in their area and we spent the whole year refining it, testing different videos. We tested different videos to different age groups because, again, we were finding that certain images would work really well with the under 25s completely different images and videos would work well for the 35 plus right we tested the different postcodes because obviously affluency is a big issue so yeah. it took us 12 months to refine this to the perfect campaign so mm. by the end we knew exactly how much it was going to cost to bring a client through the door right and but at the end of the campaign, it was costing us £3 each. To bring, to bring in a client that on average would spend £76, it was costing £3. Yeah, you'd do that all day long. Yes, Okay. Exactly. And we're still doing it now. You know, that was last year's award, and we're still running it. And we run the same kind of campaign, you know, a different offer, different promotion, different pictures. Um, but we run the same kind of idea now for many of our salons. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, listen, uh, we, we do need to wrap up. So I need to, I, I will make sure that I put your website address uh, in the show notes, et cetera, on my website so that people can, you know, connect with you directly from that. But um, can you just tell us exactly what it is? Where, where can people connect with you, uh, website and or your social channels? All of those things. Um, so we've got a website, salonguru.net. Um, leave us a message. There's a chat box on there. Uh, send me an email, uh, which you can do from the website. Join us on Facebook. If you, if you Google Salon Guru, we'll come up as a really good Facebook page. I think we've got 6,000 followers on Facebook. We've also got a private Facebook group, which I've mentioned. So if you, if you do become a client or are thinking of becoming a client, we'll invite you to the group to chat with other salon owners from all around the world. Good. I think those forums are invaluable too. So, okay, I will put all those links on our website, which is growmysalonbusiness.com in the show notes for today's podcast. Now, if you're listening to this podcast with Phil Evans and have enjoyed it, then please do me a favor, take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram stories. So to wrap up, Phil Evans, thank you very much for being on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. You've had an absolute wealth of information and ideas for people. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of, I was going to say out of your busy day, but I mean, face <laughs> it, you're not that busy at the moment. We're all on lockdown. But uh, thank you yeah. for taking your time out to talk to everyone, Phil. I, I do appreciate that. You've uh, had some great insights in. Thanks, Anthony. Look forward to talking again soon. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.